0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: The Super Bowl is right around the corner. If you're looking to place a bet on any of the sports going on, the NBA, of course, coming up the big game. BetOnline.ag is the best and only place to get it all locked in. I can remember some of the uh, greatest memories I have of the big game is having a lot of action on it, traveling down to Cactus Pete's and, and betting it. Well, now I could have just sat home and done it. Game spreads, totals, teams, players, coaching props. BetOnline will give you all those options to wager more than any other place online. And there's always an online casino as well. So head on to betonline.ag today. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. That's betonline.ag and sign up today. Welcome to the Kingdom of Pod, the Believe in Boise State Football Network. Jeff Caves here in Flower Mound, Texas. Thanks for coming aboard. Going to get right to it. The Boise State schedule getting a little bit more firm, plus some staff moves and Andy Avalos rounding out his staff. What does it mean with the money that's being offered and accepted by the Boise State coaching staff as it adjusts? Plus, a conversation with Matt Brown from Extra Points, his newsletter and now a podcast that he's put together on future expansion for conferences around the country and why Boise State should be pursuing the American Athletic Conference and also even looking at independent football. Matt, pretty well-versed and good conversation coming up about that let's get back to the news at hand though that has come out this week about Boise State football it has slowed down some but there is some scheduling news the Memphis series uh, was announced and I think this just makes it a significant announcement not because it's you know a group of five program coming in 2030 or 31 which the series covers the first game Boise State going to Memphis and then Memphis coming Uh, to Albertson Stadium, but this really is starting to round out this conversation about the American Athletic Conference and how Boise State is aggressively trying to put together these games. I'm sure that the folks at the American Athletic Conference feel similarly that this kind of a game really helps determine who's going to get the New Year's Day six bowl opportunity. If the college football playoff does not expand, this will become even an increasingly more important game of course the opener for this season for Boise State is at Orlando against Central Florida who will have a new coach at that time Uh, Central Florida coming back you've got Houston on the schedule South Florida as well on the schedule and Cincinnati all coming up as games for Boise State non-conference against the American of course if we'll talk about this with Matt Brown in about 10 minutes or 15 but uh, this could become a league schedule if Boise State were to take an invitation to get into the American Athletic Conference. But you've already got games that are coming up in my area of the country in Texas at UTEP or in Oklahoma against Oklahoma State, and those are going to be coming into Albertson Stadium. We know about the series. Uh, we've already heard about Michigan State, Oregon State. We've we've known those were coming up, but just sort of mix that in there with. The other things that have been pointed out about Boise State's future schedule and, you know, Washington State and Oregon, some Pac 12 schools. And then, yeah, there's some group of five uh, schools that uh, they would like to sort of keep on the schedule to round it out, like East Carolina, Georgia Southern, Rice, and Marshall. So uh, that's where the schedule is at. I I think that it's still taking that old philosophy of one or two Power Fives, a high level group of five, a BYU and then sort of a middle-of-the-pack group of five, and no FCS games. Uh, New athletic director, Jeremiah Dickey, no public comment on this game, so whether it was his doing or something that was in the works that just had paperwork, which to me sounds a lot more likely given Jeremiah's tasks right now, uh, probably not worrying about football games in 2030 as he just tries to uh, get a handle on his athletic department staff and get his arms around the budget and so forth and get his meetings underway to figure out how he's going to propel Boise State forward. So I would assume that this was a Kurt Apsey, Brad Larrondo negotiated deal that has that had paperwork pending that has just come together for the Boise State and Memphis uh, game. So I, I think it's um, a good game to add to the schedule. Uh, I've never had a huge issue with the scheduling that Boise State has undertook. I, I do think, though, that the home schedule needs to be freshened. I I really think that today's football ticket-buying customer uh, wants to be as entertained as possible on any given day or night of the week or whenever the games are going to be played. And if it's Oklahoma State, so be it. If it's Marshall, so be it. If it's New Mexico, uh, I think there's some fatigue in the market. I, I do believe they would sell more tickets – in bringing in different opponents to Albertson Stadium and getting some variety in there. And I, I just see that's a consumer's choice. And uh, we'll have this conversation with Matt Brown from Extra Points about uh, fatigue and what a fan really wants out of their program. And to me, uh, for the longest time now, it's it's been all about getting into the New Year's Day Six Bowl games. Uh, that's what this fan base wants. Uh, I think there's good support uh, when a Las Vegas Bowl comes around uh, there's good support for that. We'll see if a Los Angeles Bowl would have been as well supported uh, if Boise State were to make one of those and take on the number 5 or 6 Pac-12 team in Los Angeles. That's a little different feel than going to Las Vegas, for sure. I don't think as many people would. It's a further drive, and it's different entertainment options. It's a big city. There's a lot of traffic and congestion, and there's not a lot of walking around, but they'll they'll make their case for that. We've got time to get to that conversation but you know outside of the new year's day six and that bowl game there's been some others that created some some interest I'm not going to say that the old poinsettia with TCU or the game in Arizona with Baylor didn't have some intrigue but didn't have high attendance and once you've been spoiled and looked at these new year's day six bowl games as being the ultimate destination for your football team uh, you just don't lose you lose that enthusiasm and excitement And, and so That's where I think this conversation that we'll have with with Matt about independence does make some sense. It just requires, I think, more disclosure and conversation from the president's level and the athletic director's uh, level with themselves. And then they can determine how to best talk about it with the fan base to get some consensus and figure out uh, which direction they do or don't want to go when it comes to conference affiliation and how that may or may not look in the future. Hey, there's no time like the present but having a big old fat steak. And right now, here we are in 2021. There's all kinds of big games in sports. We know we've got the big game around the corner, some NBA contests. Uh, With all these big games, you need big stakes. Kansas City Steaks has the cuts you crave to celebrate the playoffs and, of course, the big game. So go to kansascitysteaks.com slash gameday. When you're there, you can save 25 bucks on these combos that they've put together, perfect for game day, and you'll get free shipping when you put in the code word BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, at the checkout. That's B-L-E-A-V at the checkout. Mini beef Wellington steak burger sliders. You can impress your friends with these mac and cheese melts or shrimp racked bacon. It's nice because it comes in this snack pack combo with the small plates with big flavor and Head over to KansasCityStakes.com slash game day and put in that code believe B-L-E-A-V, at checkout for free shipping from Kansas City Steaks. Big games, big taste. Before we pivot over to Matt Brown from Extra Points and talk about Boise State independence in college football or moving into the American Athletic Conference, a couple of things that Matt likes, and I think you're going to enjoy that conversation with Matt, really well-versed on Conference expansion, conference business, um, athletic administration business. uh, Very smart guy. So get into that about uh, 10 minutes. The Boise State coaching staff has finally now all been solidified and organized. And the coaching staff um, salary numbers have come out. And I think there was some interesting developments. You know, of course, once the final, I guess, gun went off at Bozeman, Montana, and Coach Choate decided to join Coach Kukowski in Texas, who, by the way, Pete Kukowski, a former Boise State uh, football player and coach and Hall of Famer, uh, was somebody I got a chance to visit with last weekend in Austin, Texas, before he uh, is getting officially started there in Austin, which, as I tape this, has probably been like four days, uh, but I talked to Coach Kukowski, and he's so excited about this opportunity in his, in his career, and it's pretty surreal that his career has come this far. And he told me about Coach Choate, who's just as fired up to get his career to the next level. And Coach Choate was really open with the media there in Bozeman in talking about why he left Montana State for the co-coordinator position and linebacker coaching job at UT. And, you know, it, it probably triples his pay, first and, and, and foremost. And when you're in Coach Choate's situation at, at, at his age, he's 50 years old, uh, you do want to see some light at the end of that tunnel so you have more financial flexibility, and this can get him towards those goals a lot sooner than making a couple hundred thousand a year at Montana State, uh, maybe three times faster, frankly. And he is somebody that has had opportunities at other Power Five schools like Florida and Washington. So he comes with a lot of experience, a lot to offer uh, Texas, as well as a guy that can get in the foxhole with Coach Kukowski and scheme things up uh, to take on the Big 12. So There was a lot of pluses in it, and I think that Coach Choate has probably realized that coming from a Power 5 school as the co-defensive coordinator is going to get you an opportunity to be the head coach at a group of five or another Power 5 school a lot quicker than coming out of an FCS background, and it has as much to do with how difficult that is to sell to boosters and or season ticket holders, and it's out of Coach Choate's control, and I, I think he's just come to those conclusions and, and by his personal life, I couldn't tell you about whether his his family's ready to go to school and would love to go to Texas or I, I don't know enough about that. I, I just thought I'd add some perspective to that move and how that worked. Well, that all you know created some opportunities for people on the Montana State staff who were looking to figure out their next opportunity. and for some of them, like you know, uh, I own. It meant an opportunity at Boise State, and this is a a guy who's coming in to coach the the secondary, Kane Ione, and he could have just as easily stayed in Bozeman and been the next head football coach. He is a legend there and uh, one of their best players in the history of the program. He's well thought of. Coach Kwiatkowski thought the world of him so much so that brought him out to Washington as an analyst to study things of how they did it at Washington, and he took some time off and did that. And I, I that a lot of credit to him for doing that in his coaching career, and it's landed him this position as co-defensive coordinator at at Boise State. Uh, that was one of the last uh, things to drop. We've got Coach um, Keene now coming in as the offensive line coach, and now you got this UC Davis, you know, combination at coordinator and offensive line coach uh, that's the the coaching staff and that, that's been complete the, the news that comes out as I tape this though has to do with their contracts and we all know that the overall coaching salary pool uh, decreased some from where it was where coach Harson left it and there's a lot of reasons for that I'm sure the pandemic uh, didn't help matters but I, I think Boise State was struggling to keep up with the Coach's salary pool anyway. The resources stretched pretty thin at Boise State, and they've tried to do as much as they can with whatever they've got, specifically to maintain excellence in not only football, but as many of the other sports as as possible, and that's required money. And so the coaching pool going down meant that Andy Avalos had a job on his hand by not being able to attract a lot of guys with tremendous FBS experience or Power 5 experience and he's had to elevate some guys out of FCS and he's also kept some of the younger assistants on board at Boise state, you know, Winston Venable just now going into year number two and Matt Miller is you know, going into year number two as a full-time assistant at a FBS group of five school. And you bring in Jeron Johnson, who's newer to it, never had a college coaching job. And you can see where all of these can sort of bring in the, the dollar totals, uh, it, it's a little hard to to see that you got guys that were on the staff that had to take pay cuts to to stay at Boise State. I'm sure that was part of the deal. I'm sure Andy really struggled with this, uh, but you've got guys like Matt Miller and Winston Venable taking pay cuts, and Coach Ridd as well. And Coach Ridd had chosen to take a pay cut from two sixty five to two twenty five. That's a significant uh, reduction in his pay on a voluntary basis. And this is on the heels of him taking a reduction in pay uh, last year. Not you know, this was before the pandemic when he uh, gave up some of the special teams responsibilities. And I just think people make choices, and I'm sure I'm not speaking for Coach Riddle, but he had to take a look at where he'd be out in the community of Boise if he wanted to stay here, and you know where he had where he would be to to make you know, $225,000 a year as easily as he could do it working for Andy Avalos at Boise State, and it drew the conclusion that there'd be nowhere that he could do that as easily or have as much fulfillment in his life, and that's why these guys do that. That's rare, though. That's happening incredibly at Boise State. I can only imagine how some of the other schools in the Mountain West are having to deal with this, but uh, that's a difficult pill to swallow to have current coaches taking pay cuts and not only for pandemic reasons just because that's the overall budget that Boise State has to work with uh, Eric he saw still on the outside looking in uh, I've heard that maybe he'd want to stay in the Treasure Valley area because his son is still finishing up his his career playing high school football so he may be looking to do something else for a while before he gets back on that coaching treadmill and the guy that really sacrificed uh, quite a bit to be a part of this staff, uh, not only who we just identified in Coach Riddle, but how about Spencer Danielson? Uh, Spencer Danielson was contested. I think there were P5 schools that wanted him last year, and I think that the harson led staff uh, wanted him to go with him to Auburn as well, where at minimum he'd have made 375000 maybe closer to 500000 depending upon where things shake out. And, you know, Spencer took a, a raise as the co-defensive coordinator here at Boise State to be the de- co-defensive coordinator uh, once again. And his raise is like, what, $5,000 or something. He was at 275 He goes up to, to 280 And that's not a lot of money, uh, comparatively speaking, to where he could have went and could have had that opportunity. But that must not be what he wants to do. And he wants to be with, with Coach Harson. So I think that. Uh, that's a, a statement about Spencer Danielson's uh, career, and coaches make choices like this. They become Harsh uh, guy or Avalos guy, and sometimes they're interchangeable. You know that that's happened before, as coaches made a choice to go with Coach Hawk to Colorado, and then uh, ultimately either come back to Boise or join Coach Pete in Washington. So uh, there, there's a lot of things that are still possible, but that's where uh, things sit right now. Let's take a closer look, though. At where things sit with conference expansion, the Boise State conversation has been out there for quite some time with this desire to get into the American Athletic Conference. Is that really what it would be in the best interest of of Boise State? I think we could all make an argument for it and against it. I would make it for it. Uh, The Big East was a similar opportunity that Dr. Custer and Boise State took advantage of in 2012 and then ultimately redirected away from. And there's also conversation now that perhaps with the help of a television network, uh, Boise State could find themselves you know, going independent in football. Now, there's a lot of questions about what you do with the other sports. Let's bring in Matt Brown. Uh, if you've not heard of Matt, he puts out a newsletter called Extra Points with Matt Brown. He's written for many websites uh, dealing with college football. And he really zeroes in on the administration, the politics, Uh, The the behind-the-scenes stuff, the conference moves, uh, a high-interest area for Matt. He's in the Chicago area. He puts out a newsletter four times a week. He has a new pod that he puts out with Brian Fisher of Athlon Sports. You've probably followed him on Twitter or seen some of the breaking college football news that he has. The pod is called Going for Two. Let's talk to Matt Brown. Okay, Let's get to this expansion issue in, in college football because that could produce... A lot of vacancies at the top, which could trickle down. And I thought you and Brian in your your pod that you did going for two talked about this when you guys were forecasting 2021 that, you know, actually some conferences may want to, you know, contract. And that's how they can make more money rather than expanding into TV markets where there's no eyeballs, as you guys put it. And I, I would subscribe to that. So tell me about do you see. A appetite for expansion going to 16, perhaps some of the power fives.
0: Yeah, I I think if you were to look at the immediate future, you know, the next three or four years, I imagine there's going to be limited appetite at the power five level to expand. You have one, there's really not a whole lot of institutions that add the, the right amount of value to a power five conference, because there you're looking at now, not only does this, do I need a team that's going to help me competitively? Are they going to add in enough uh, additional revenue to my tier one media rights deal that if I divide everything out by 16, instead of 14, we all still make more money. Um, Notre Dame probably fits that belt. For the ACC, I think they would love to do that because they're they are the only power league that's not eligible to renew their tier one deal over the next decade. And they're going to be making less money than the other power leagues. But, you know, obviously, there's not a ton of major incentive for Notre Dame to do that quickly. Um, what I, well, I've written about this a lot in the newsletter and where I would anticipate where you're going to see realignment changes in the short term are going to be at the G5 and especially at the FCS level. Where there mm-hmm. you're not really expanding or contracting to enhance your television profile. You're doing it in a way to minimize your expenses, right. increase your ticket revenue and find a better institutional fit. And there, I think you we we've already seen some changes. We could see quite a bit more I think in the next 2 years.
1: Yeah, let, let's take the Mountain West for example here and I've had I've had this conversation with Carl Benson and some others yeah. Uh, I've always found it ironic. Tell me what your reaction is that if you will not per- leave your football program and you want to take it somewhere else, like Boise State did to the Big East now nine years ago, uh, if you do that, you can't leave the rest of your sports behind. We we have no use for them. Our, our women's basketball doesn't want to compete against your women's basketball team. It's not a good geographical fit anymore because your football team's gone. It seems... It seems very contradictory. It's against a lot of the ideals they talk about. Yet, I think unanimously, conferences protect. If you take your football or men's basketball away, the stuff we care about money-wise, we don't want the rest of you guys. And I wonder if we're getting closer to the point where they're going to have to change that to save some bucks for the Olympic sports.
0: Yeah, I've suggested this, and there are other administrators in college athletics who have pushed for this. We have single-sport leagues that have been successful Mm -hmm. for men's hockey, uh, certainly out west with, uh, I think, the men's volleyball conference that's set up there where you have people from different leagues. And that's worked well, and that's saved everybody a little bit of money. But I I even – I was talking to Mike Oresco about this uh, over the summer. And I had, you know, the example that I gave there was Cincinnati and baseball. You know, the American Athletic's a pretty decent college baseball league, and Cincinnati's not. <laughs> Typically, teams in the north aren't very good. And so I said, well, you know what? If they came to you and said, "Look, we want to save some money. We want to just just put baseball and softball in the MAC, where we can bust to every single team in that league and have a better chance of making the postseason. And then you, you could go out and go get another mid-south team." for your baseball league and end up becoming a three or four bid league and everybody would win so like, would right. you be interested in that and he said no no and i i think i think what you see is if you are a league that has a tier one media rights deal that requires you to give them a lot of inventory it's in your best interest to you know, really secure that with an iron fist and not allow any of that flexibility even if that might produce a better individual outcome for that sport when you look at the scs level and some of these low majors that's not so much the case. And there you might have a little bit more flexibility, but it would, it would, I I could never, I could not see a reason, especially given the mountain West's obligations now to CBS, where they would let one of their, one of their member schools say, yeah, you can play basketball or football somewhere else and you can leave everything else here. That's okay. Then, then they wouldn't get anything out of it. anymore.
1: Yeah. Well, let's address Boise state's situation because they've done it before. Can they do it again? The big West has different leadership than they did when in 2012, they parked their Olympic sports there. And uh, now, of course, Dennis Farrell's gone. So if Boise State were to take an invitation from Oresco to go to the AAC with football, uh, do you, what do you see as realistic options for the other sports? For the ones going above and beyond. For the ones reaching out, helping out, and lending a hand. For the ones people count on. You can count on Granger. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, backed by 24/7 customer support and specialists to help with hard-to-find products. Because you've got everyone's back, we've got yours. Call, click com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
0: There's there's a couple out there and on many levels, I think the Big West would work again. There is, a, you know, based on, on my reporting, I would absolutely expect UC Riverside to get out of Division I college sports entirely, wow. uh, perhaps as soon as this summer. There's wow. uh, been a, a major administrative um, effort to, to cut back on funding there. And that's a school that, given where their enrollment patterns are, they don't necessarily need college sports the same right. way maybe some, some other institutions would so that might open open up a spot um i i see fans from outside of your market or from outside of, of your worldview that would say well why not just go to the big sky well mm-hmm. I, I think you could probably agree it's going to be a cold day in hell before boise state and idaho ever uh, reconvene in the same athletic conference you know again.
1: i would i i remember that you and and brian talked about that and that going for two pod and the change of leadership at Boise State will produce, I think, a different potential attitude with Marlene Trump. Dr. Trump's attitude. Dr. Custer was, I think, completely opposite from where she may be on that. And then yeah. I know in basketball they want to compete because, again, they feel this financial pressure. And I know the Olympic sports feel the same way. So permanent, you know, permanent, that may cause some coaching turnover, which I'm open to. Coaches move sure. on. If you're not open yeah. to moving on, then – you're probably in the wrong business, and a school's going to make, uh, to me, their decision in in their best interest. So, do you think that's a good move? Should Boise State take football to the AAC and put basketball and everything else in the Big West and or Big Sky?
0: Honestly, that's that's what I would recommend. And if not the Big Sky, then maybe you talk to the WAC because you know they're looking for other other potential options. You, you look elsewhere, and it comes down to this, right? When you're looking at at where Boise State's football program has gone over the last 15 years, both financially and what it brings as a television entity. And their aspirations for you know, competing for uh, New Year's Six Bowl games or potentially beyond. And you compare that to some of the other institutions in that conference right now that are facing enormous financial crunches, your New Mexico's, your San Jose State's, your Wyoming's, and who don't have the institutional capacity to compete at that level structurally at all. Um, you could, I think, pretty credibly argue that Boise's, you know, their goals are not the same as they were in 2003. And they've outgrown some of those institutions. You also see a lot of tension. And we saw this you know, over the summer with lawsuits where you know, Boise had negotiated a particular you know, clause in their contract that says we get more money, which, you know, arguably is fair because they're overwhelmingly the biggest television draw. Sure. And you have new presidents at all of those other institutions and conference leadership that's not excited about continuing that arrangement. And so when I look at that, it's hard for me to see how you reconcile those things. If you have one school that has leverage to demand preferential financial treatment, and it's unlikely that anybody else will be able to rise up as a... um, a a, a, a parallel not threat but an institution that has as much economic and cultural force if you don't have that you're always going to have instability risk and the institutions in division one right now that are closer to athletic peers as far as football is concerned to Boise I think are almost all in the American athletic now there's it would make recruiting I think significantly more difficult to play the bulk of your road games outside of the Pacific and mountain time zone but it is doable, um, and, and that would be the the course I would recommend. Whether you park in the WAC or the Big West, I don't know if that makes a, a major difference one way or the other, as long as you have a good relationship with the other university presidents. But I, I think the American would make much more sense than uh, Mountain West.
1: So looking at um, the future of the American, if I've spoken to an athletic director who told me that if you're Boise State and you make the decision to go to the American based on the fact that Oresco thinks that when the playoff expands that they can get a guaranteed seat at the table for the American because they can get to 16 maybe and really weaken the Mountain West, say Boise State and San Diego jump. It would make it more difficult for the college football playoff committee to really look at the group of five versus just look at the American. But that's betting on the come that you're going to get into the college football expanded playoff structure with the Power Five or become the Power Six – and if you don't have that as a guarantee, it's not worth it. What do you think?
0: I, I'm I'm not necessarily sure I agree, and I I would agree in so far that I would not bet millions of dollars or make a, a twenty year athletic department decision on the assumption that anything I do is going to improve my access to the college football playoff because that's it's a, it's an unknown, and uh, you might need a third party antitrust suit. You might need the playoff yes. itself to, itself to expand. You might need some other structural changes, and you know, my friend, if I could tell you exactly what that's going to look like in 2027, my newsletter would be a lot more expensive. <laughs> like I, I, I can't say that for sure. What you could say is, all right, if I make this decision, even if I don't get extra playoff access, do I get more compelling regular season matchups that I can use to sell tickets, entice recruits? Yes. I think arguably, for the most part, you could. Do you, Would I improve the amount of money that I would receive from my uh, broadcast partner? Yes, that is true. It may not be true in the short term because Boise would probably need to spend additional money on their own campus production facilities to be in compliance with what ESPN Plus requires. But that's a that's a that's a one-time cost, and you're going to be part of this new deal for a decade. So uh, potentially, you could you could make some more money that way. Um, do you think that this would improve the visibility of your program and potentially your university out of state and across the country? Sure. Well, yes, I think that's true. You have a, a long historical relationship with ESPN that your conference peers just voted to nuke. You move to the American, you get to bring that back again, and you know you're gonna have it for the next several years. So you can look at all of those things and then decide it's worth it, even if you don't do the playoffs doesn't enter into this at all. And that's what I would argue, but I can understand what where a financial officer or university president might have might have questions
1: yeah uh matt let me ask you this i thought it was real interesting that you and or brian one of you brought up uh independence and byu had a rough start uh with that scheduling wise trying to get games in november were, were difficult at best And now if you look at their schedule marching forward, it's pretty solid with a lot of Power 5 games and great home schedules. But bowl game tie-ins, all conference teams, maybe more bowl game tie-ins, not the best. So what is your assessment of Boise State looking at independence? What's the pros? What's the cons?
0: So, I think some of this is a philosophical uh, question. And I, I don't think I could tell a fan or even the coach necessarily what to think, right? If you go independent, I, I think there's a, a reasonable chance, especially if you do this with ESPN and ESPN's ties to, to, to gridiron and ESPN's control of a lot of these other bowl games and, and other uh, major scheduling windows. that You can build a schedule within a few years. That's pretty similar to what BYU puts together. You will be able to secure power five home and homes. And so if you're a Boise fan, you think, am I willing to trade potentially a worse bowl for the chance to knowing that I'm going to get at least one Pac-12 and probably at least uh, one Big 12 and ACC team to come to the blue every single year and a chance to play where my average regular season game is going to be more enticing than it is right now in the Mountain West. Would I trade that for a worse bowl game at the end of the year? I think some people would, right? Like, hey, mm-hmm. we, get, we get more chances to beat USC uh, in this way. It's just going to be in September uh, instead of January 2nd. Some fans uh, may disagree. I mean, honestly, the Mountain West Bowl situation right now isn't very good anyway. If you don't win that league, you're not. If you're not in, I guess, the Vegas Bowl or the whatever the new bowl is going to be, it'll be
1: Los Angeles, which will be empty. There won't be people going to that.
0: Yeah. Then I I don't. I don't really know what you're losing. And this, I've had this conversation with BYU fans time and time and time again. I, I look. If, I mean, for BYU, I just ignore the college football playoff because you're never going to get it anyway. You're not You're not recruiting good enough players. You're probably not going to beat six power five teams a season. So then it's what's going to enhance my experience as a fan the most. And I think it's playing as many good games as you possibly can. Uh, would any Boise fan be really heartbroken over the fact that they don't get to go to New Mexico as often? I, no. I'm guessing probably not that many.
1: No, no, I, I think you're 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 done on well. Tremendous. And you mentioned your newsletter, Matt, uh, Extra Points, where you started all this. You're based in Chicago. Talk to them. Tell them about how to get involved in your newsletter. It's got great insider stuff, plus this new pod with uh, Athlon Sports, Brian Fisher, uh, Going for Two. How how do people do this?
0: Yeah, so I write the Extra Points newsletter, which publishes four days a week, and it focuses on all of this off-the-field stuff that shapes what you guys experience on the field for football, basketball, and across the rest of an athletic department. And that's everything from how television rights work to how an athletic department makes money and where it decides to spend it and how state legislation and higher education policy all dictate uh, some of the forces that shape your athletic department, right? It's not really a newsletter where I'm breaking down USC's quarterback depth chart. There's other places I think where you can find that. And you can find that newsletter at extrapointsmb.com. The newsletter is free. For two of those issues a week, you can subscribe and get all four for just seven bucks a month. Uh, then once a week, we have that new podcast with Brian Fisher called Going for Two, which is uh, covers a similar subset of, of Extra Point Stories, but digs into things in a way that you can't really squeeze into a 1,500-word newsletter. So we, we we just talked to John Wilder um, uh, at the Bay Area News Group, unpacking the Pac-12's new search for a new commissioner. Great. This coming week, we're going to have a, a long conversation with a law professor at Boise State, actually. Really? Take a closer look at Regents v. Oklahoma, which is the Supreme Court case that deregulated college football television broadcasts and I think completely shaped the world that we experience right now for college football to try to contextualize that a little bit. So that's free, too. Uh, You can find that wherever you get your podcasts or at extrapointsmb.com.
1: Yeah. Going for two is the name of that. Hey, tremendous. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it.
0: It's, it's, It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me on.
1: Thanks to Matt Brown for joining us here on the Kingdom of Pod, and I appreciate you joining me as well. Rate, review, subscribe to the Kingdom of Pod. Uh, pretty easy to find kingdomofpod.mailchimpsites.com. You can subscribe there to get the pod actually sent to you in the email. Sometimes I have breaking news, and I'll email uh, folks who have wanted that, and sort of developing a, a sort of a newsletter email list uh, that you can get inside information as it becomes available. So. Thanks uh, once again, though, to to Matt Brown for joining us here on the Kingdom of Pod. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.